At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's poppin'? It's your boy Preach McSneak, back with another episode of the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. On today's episode, I've got one of my favorite funny people in the world. He's a former Vine superstar, back when that was a thing, and is now the creative director at a company called Oust, which, among plenty of things, does all the music videos and YouTube content for Lecrae. Ever heard of him? Yeah. And he's also provided creative input for some huge brands like AT&T, the Atlanta Braves and others like that. So I uh, was super honored to have him on. I'm a big fan of his and really just wanted him to come on and uh, chop it up with me so we could hopefully entertain you for an hour. And I know COVID world is is getting real freaking old. I know I'm sick of it. So uh, I hope you can just take an hour, sit back and enjoy it. If you're enjoying the Preachers and Sneakers podcast, please do me a big favor and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating, maybe write a quick review. I really appreciate when everyone does that. It's helpful for me to raise higher in the algorithm in Apple world. So if you haven't, please make sure you subscribe. And if you want more content, head on over to Instagram and Twitter at Preachers and Sneakers as well as PreachersandSneakers.com. Really appreciate you spending the time and hope you'll continue coming back because I'm going to keep pushing out podcasts and posting and everything. So in hopes of entertaining you and hopefully making you think. So thanks for spending the time with me. Enjoy my conversation with none other than Aaron Tuning. Today on the Preachers and Seekers podcast, I have a very special guest. Lecrae's personal stylist is with me. Okay. Aaron Tuning. Mm-hmm. That's what I do for a living. I style also Lecrae. known. <laughs> also known for a couple other minor things like, I don't know, directing MLB commercials, being the voice in the face of the Braves, having an immense Vine career, still living off the residuals from that. Oh, yeah. Aaron, thanks for spending the time with me today, man. Absolutely. I'm super rich and important. Glad you could get you me. Are, 
that's all who I, that, I mean, those are the only people I want to talk to really are the only super rich, super important, super well-dressed people in the world. I get that. You have no, no problems with those people as we know. <laughs> None whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I've really set off on a real good foot with them mm-hmm. so far, but yeah, thanks for spending the time with me, man. You doing all right today? I'm doing great. Yeah. I'm wearing a, uh, a shirt from Target on purpose. So I don't get caught mm. out by you. Uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm very quick to accuse. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm doing great. Um, yeah, quarantine, COVID. I've I've been very lucky through it all, so no complaints. Yes, yeah. So you uh, are the creative director at a company called Oust, but it's also like three other companies. It is. You did your research. <laughs> uh, just barely, like eight seconds ago. Yeah. Uh, what do you what, just tell me, walk me through what you do for them, and then we can talk about some of the stuff you've done previously. But I'm interested about Oust and kind of some of the projects y'all are working on. Yeah, for sure. Oust is a uh, a newer agency based here in Atlanta. Um, Oust is the kind of big umbrella and we have three brands under that. Oust is the agency. So influencer marketing, uh, social strategy, things like that. Then we have Ritual Film Company, which is our our film brand, production house, the whole the whole gamut of production, do big TV commercials, music videos, some social stuff, just the whole thing. And then Wild Places, which is our, our brand team. So they'll do web builds, uh, rebranding, you know, identity that whole thing. So we're all, well, we were in the same building together. Now we're all at home, obviously, but we work together seamlessly, but all kind of, it's pretty much three, you know, specific departments under the house umbrella. And you provide creative input for all those different entities. So I'm on the Austin ritual side. So video is my main thing always has been, but also some social media. So I'll kind of bounce back and forth depending on what it is, but I see. And do you have a, do you have like an, like a, educated creative background like did you study this in college i went to did film you go school to college yeah so I went, I went to film school full sail university in orlando okay yeah so was, that's know, cool it was two years bachelor degree super quick year-round intense experience um but yeah so every, you knew you were going to do that or you knew you wanted to pursue that you were not trying to deal with the college experience like two years i'm going to go get mm-hmm. this Exactly. Knowledge and get to so what? What did you do right after graduation? I mean, I don't want to date you, but like two years, you're not trying to be in the fraternity and holler at chicks. You're trying to go make videos. Mm-hmm. What did you do right after college? I uh, so I moved back to Atlanta, uh, started freelancing. Um, up until oust, I was freelancing for ten years. So oh snap, yeah, always freelanced. Uh, it it wasn't as fun as it has been the last couple of years back then. I was shooting a lot of weddings, things like that. Anything I could do to get paid doing video work. Uh, yeah. The goal was always to be funny making videos. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember seeing Lonely Island join SNL when I was in high school. I did Lazy Sunday. I made a rap video for my high school the next week and just did that like every week and showed it the whole <laughs> like school. Like this is it. Yeah. This is the exit. Yeah. And <laughs> I've, like- I've never done anything else, which is strange. Wow. Um, I mean, there's like the little, yeah, the weddings and things like that, but it was always means to an end type things. Yeah. yeah so just I mean, do did that stuff right after college and just kind of always trying to be funny where I could with video until I could just do that for a living. That's so awesome. The wedding thing is such an interesting deal because you can make, I'm sure five times what you make doing a homemade rap video, mm-hmm. but it's such a stress nation, freaking high, like you get one chance at the shot type thing. Yeah, I think. absolutely. They like have music video. You're like, Let's just run that back. Sorry. You can't be like, Hey, we go back up to the altar and kiss again. <laughs> Everyone pretend like you didn't see it. Yeah. Uh, do you still do wedding world at all? No. I mean, 
friends and family. Yeah, maybe, maybe like a friend once a year or something. Um, that was actually more photography back then. Uh, oh, so my sister and I had a company, so I would just show up and shoot and she would deal with the logistics, you know, the shot That's list, nice. editing, all that. So I was just, I was just a hired hand for the day, really. So you'd wear the, like the cuffed jeans and the suspenders. Is that, oh, is that course. the uniform back yeah, then? Yeah. Love the bow tie, <laughs> you know, the whole hipster wedding photographer started back. Yeah. Yeah. I was always pissed when I was having to stand out there in a tux and the photographers just got to show up, uh, wearing basically whatever they wanted. Yeah. Just add some suspenders. Like it's, it's about the art. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, in Don't the summer, I mean, you're, you're, do everybody know where you are? Can we say that? Uh, yeah, I think at this point people okay. know. Yeah. Dallas. All right. You're in Dallas. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not up to, you know, I don't know what people know about you. This is the first time seeing you. It's super strange. I hate it. I know. Um, <laughs> I kind of hate it. Too. Yeah. Well, wearing the wedding clothes. I mean, you're, ugh, I don't know. It, it, it almost killed me a couple of times. I remember one time it was an outdoor wedding in January, which is, was terrible. My, my finger was so cold. I could not press the trigger. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, so don't, don't um, glamorize uh, some of that, you know, wedding photography no, and, I won't. So you're doing the wedding thing, but also this is the peak of Vine, right? And maybe people don't even know or remember what Vine is. When did that whole thing take off? Because I, before this, I was watching like compilation videos of your Vines mm -hmm. and was just crying, crying laughing. <laughs> because the people that don't follow Aaron Tuning on like TikTok and Instagram, this dude has got the most niche, hilarious sense of humor that uh, for whatever reason, it's just so, it makes me hurt about how funny you freaking are. And I'm not, I'm not here to flatter you. Oh, but, keep going uh, if you want. This is great. Your stuff is hysterical. And it was hysterical five years ago on Vine. Maybe that's why you blew up. Can you tell me about your experience maybe with your Vine career? Yeah, for sure. That It, it kind of happened on accident. That was not, I mean, I wish I had some huge plan and it all happened like I wanted it to. But yeah, um, I kind of know how that goes. Yeah, of course. You're not like, I wanted podcasts. Let me start on this great Instagram idea. Let's see what happens. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, Vine was kind of a perfect storm of things I was interested in, you know, back when I was, what, I'm 30 now. So I was probably 23 or four when Vine first yeah. came out. Um, and it's, it's weird to think of a world where Instagram didn't have video, but it didn't back then. Yeah. So yeah, that is like yeah. everyone had Vine at least for a month. Then Instagram quickly followed suit by having video. Most people were like, Oh, I have, already have Instagram, so I don't need Vine too. And we deleted it. Like the fall off yeah. after the month when that came out was insane. Um, but it was video, which I went to film school, so I knew how to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, social media, which I loved. I like. I was on Twitter early, always posting jokes since I was like eighteen. Uh, nice. And then back when Twitter was like positive, yeah, or like didn't destroy your mental health. Absolutely. When everyone <laughs> didn't hate each other everywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then comedy, it was just a way to get jokes out there. So yeah, I've, I've always been more of a behind the camera guy, which is kind of weird mm -hmm. to say, because like, you've seen a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. Like I've never gone on an aud audition in my life. It's just like, I know a guy who does videos, I'll do that. Or like my cell phone, like, I'm not going to hire yeah. actors to be in a vine, you know, I'm just gonna, right, here's right, a dumb right. joke. I'll just do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did. Was there any, was there any creative process there? Like, did you write any of those or was just like, you had a moment of inspiration like, oh, I'm just going to make this video because the gamut of your videos spans very wide. Mm -hmm. And I'm interested in like how you kept content going because there's hours and hours of video of you from old Vine videos out there. Yeah, which is insane. Hours, those compilations can be like two hours and they're made of six second clips. 
That's a, yeah. that's a lot. Um, that, that's part. And they're of not it. all. They're not all in the same vein either. Like they all. One dude, you'll be slinging a sword. The other dude, you'll be talking to a stepdad. Mm-hmm. The other, you'll be <laughs> like, it's crazy. They're all over like the place. The, yeah. yeah, it. There, I don't know it. So the first year and a half, I did not have a following on Vine. I was just posting dumb stuff. There was no pressure, um, yeah. and I enjoyed it a lot more. To be honest, um, yeah, yeah. As you can probably relate. Now you have to like absolutely think about so care many about more what things. you say. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas like this is funny, I'll post it. Now you're like, shoot, people are going to DM me, and I just got to figure it out. Um, yep. So yeah, after a couple of years, started to get a following, and then pressure came with that. I was like, I got to post every day. It felt like so. Yep. Yeah. Then there was I mean, that ruins a lot of it. It really the does. Whole, the feeling like I'm either going to lose followers or I need to post something now, and ha- having to try to navigate it not feeling forced, mm-hmm. which it clearly is forced sometimes. Right. I would think. Absolutely. Yeah. You can. I mean those compilations kind of kill me because there's, I probably don't cringe at like 5% of them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like most yeah. of them are like, Oh no. God. Well, also and because I was like, my hairline was better and I was skinny then. That's the bad thing about posting online too. And posting your face. Unlike you coward. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, I can just me scrolling through my Instagram feed is me getting skinny. Which hurts. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. As as I I hate that feeling too. Yeah. I've like documented I, my own weight gain adventure. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, oh no, you look great, you look great. It's like, no, I'm looking at a video where I was lighter and better looking. <laughs> yeah. You can't tell me that I haven't let myself go. Uh-huh. Like I appreciate you being nice, but we're here now. Absolutely. <sighs> it hurts. Uh but, but yeah. you do look great. Thank you. You look so great. Much. And your faces are amazing. Your faces are half of what make your videos hilarious to me. I appreciate that. I mean, that's something with Vine and video that I love is that, you know, like I, I do, I dabble in stand-up. I've only ever dabbled because I love the video process and experimenting with different looks and deliveries and just kind of like piecing it together in an edit. Yeah. Um, and, you, you know, you can't do that with stand-up. It's all just, you got 10 minutes or whatever. It's terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was fine, and it, it was fun. But the pressure that came with it kind of kind of killed the desire to make online content. Like, it killed a lot of it for me. Was there any? Were there any like financial implications? Like, did you get paid by Vine for having a certain amount of? I don't know anything about Vine other than just being able to consume. Right? It. No, there. Well, immediately, no, there wasn't. Um, and that was a big reason why Vine went down. They never monetized for themselves. Like, they didn't do. Instagram now you're used to it. Like every five posts, there's an ad and you're like, cool, we get it. Need yep. to make money to survive. Um, yep. They never did that. They never reached out to creators like YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like they have creator summits and they have spaces where you can film, you know, green screens yeah. and all that stuff. Or like um, Twitch. I mean, having the whole, making it about the creators. Absolutely. So Vine, the last year they were around, they started that. They brought in Karen Spencer, who's a, used to be Ashton Kutcher and Tyra Banks manager to be like, the creator head and we'd go up and have some trips in New York and retreats and things. Um, so I got so you in were part of this. You were part of the stable. Like you were the, one of the people that they reached out to. Yeah. They kind of let the, the like a list go cause they were already on YouTube and Instagram and Vine was already kind of on the back burner, but it's kind of like B list that they wanted to like <laughs> stay on Vine. They kind of got us, which was great. Um, so I got to know all the people at Twitter and Vine so I'd go up there nice. to New York a few times. 
And they did a limited series. It was called Camp Unplug, which I co-wrote and co-directed right before it shut down. So I got oh, to like, work with them a ton and build great relationships with everyone at Vine. So when Vine ended, you know, everyone's like, oh, no, are you OK? Is this sad? It was the best thing that ever happened in my career because all these people I knew at Vine spread out to all these other companies. Ooh, so all yeah. of a sudden, like Karen went to head of social for AT&T, who's still a client of mine. Heck um, yeah. The sports guy, Jared at Vine started Fresh State Media, which is like a sports media agency. That's how I got the MLB stuff. So yeah. like, I didn't think about it when it went down, but all of a sudden I just have contacts everywhere, which is like, it awesome. wasn't a networking play for you at the time. Yeah, not at all. But then it just happened to be a goldmine for you. Right. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. It was cool. That's one of those things that like, I had no idea what I was doing and I'm glad it worked out like that. Yeah. So Vine goes away. I mean, they, thinking back, they just, created a platform and that was it. Mm -hmm. And Instagram's like, well, we can do that better probably. Yeah. We have more infrastructure. Right. So Vine goes completely away. And then, uh, did you spend all your time on Instagram or was musically a thing whenever Vine went away? Musically was a thing, you know, musically, which is now TikTok. Like it, it, it I mean, TikTok still to a degree is like catered toward teens, but like musically yeah. it was like only teens. I see. So like, I, I never, I never dabbled in it. Yeah. I mean, even now being a 30 year old on TikTok feels terrible. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but being like a 26 year old on musically felt even worse. So. Yeah. You know. But there's like, there's no denying the reach of it now. Like TikTok is bananas. Like I, I, I really want to avoid being the curmudgeon that says TikTok. Mm -hmm. But I mean, people like perfect example, like Charlie on there, she is just, a mega superstar purely from TikTok. Yeah. And brands are going to start once they start, I think understanding the reach of it are going to start heavily investing in that. I mean, Gary Vee's been talking about that forever. Of course. How TikTok is the the future. Um, and it's like a, it's a more complex vine. Like did vine give you any creative control as far as like transitions and text and effects, or was it really just, Six second video. I guess there's not much time in six yeah, seconds. Yeah, it was six seconds. They, they added some stuff like music at the end, a really good music editor. You could reorganize and trim the clips, you know, the last like year and a half, which made it a lot more fun. Um, but yeah, TikTok, there's just, you can customize the heck out of it. Titles, yeah, have you liked all, it? Like the voice effects are so funny. I try to not think they're funny, but they're so funny. <laughs> like the little, like the wobbly one, you know? Uh -huh. Anytime that comes on, I laugh. I hate it. I feel dumb. <laughs> But it's so funny. It's um, a gimmick, but the, it, it, yeah. it attacks a certain level of your. Yeah. I uh, have you enjoyed like the transition to it or do you care? Like, do you care about TikTok at all? I don't really. Um, and even I mean, you're a professional now. Yeah, it's I always wanted to be behind the camera making. Cool stuff, actual and like, yeah. I don't know, it's it, it started as a hobby and that's what I like it as. You know, mm -hmm. um, like I've done some sponsored posts and things, but I don't care about I've been losing followers for two years. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I just don't really care. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's I have a better headspace to be in such a better headspace. And I'm so much happier, like the Vine thing, which is so dumb. And I know it's trivial and doesn't matter. But like it at the, at the end, there's just I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> well it's good to stop doing things you hate that's uh, true i would say that's very good for your your headspace is that a uh i mean did you come to that conclusion yourself or do you have to go to therapy like i've considered like doubling down on therapy since this whole social media thing because there's a lot of like 
shit that you say to yourself or conflicts that you have within your mind about like, oh, should I post this or what's going to happen if I post this? Like, how did you come to that conclusion? Like, dude, I actually don't love this anymore or this is work to me. Yeah. And not a. There's been a lot of therapy the last couple of years, but that's more like girl based. Um, yeah. <laughs> than, than like social media. I mean, we'd love all, to talk about that. <laughs> it, all, it all factors no. in, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah. oh, for me, which I'm thankful for, it was like a slow rise where mm-hmm. like I can't really imagine people like you and other people where it's, you have a funny idea Overnight. and you've always been like funny, but all of a sudden you have so much attention and you're like, shoot, what do I do with this? Uh, yeah. And you have a pretty good safety net where people don't know who you are. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the most part. Yeah. More and more do now. Right. True. Uh, but, you know, people that, especially comedians, uh, some of which we know. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, you're just, you're a funny guy and you haven't got that much attention um, in all, all facets, women, business, any of that. Then all of a sudden you blow up and now you have access to communication with everybody. And I mean, that yeah. can, that can ruin people. It really can. Yeah. And it's easy to, it, it's, it like formulaically makes sense. Like, Oh, the cl- of course he's going to have, uh, more access to more people. And then it's just going to be more temptation in all different aspects. But like, it's a real thing. Like, woe is us for having a big platform, but, uh, it is, it does affect your brain in a, in a way that when you're, not in the public eye. You don't even have to even consider like things like on my personal Instagram or my Twitter, I would just post whatever I wanted to. I just wanted to, I would mm-hmm. say whatever I wanted to, but I gotta be super careful. Like you have to be aware of like timing and what people are talking about in the news so that, and I'm like a, for the most part, like a parody, almost meme account. Mm-hmm. But even me, like if I post something at the wrong time, that isn't, doesn't acknowledge awareness of things that are going on in the news. It makes me seem like an a-hole. Yeah. And when you're not in the public eye like that, you just don't have to consider that kind of thing. That's true. And personally, do you feel, I don't know, is there like a weird attention? Is, is that like shot of morphine you need? Like, you know what I mean? Like, do you feel that now? Oh yeah. I mean, it, it, once you, once one person, tells you, oh, you're hilarious, or oh my gosh, I, I can't wait for your next post. That is a whole new level of dopamine hit for somebody like That's what I meant, by the way. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All this pain you have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm completely dead inside. Right. Uh yeah, for somebody that likes attention and likes to make people laugh a lot like you, I mean, having validation like that uh comes super quick and it makes me feel awesome. And then it goes away very quick and I need it again for sure for my uh so that's i i doubt that's a healthy thing yeah and, uh, that, that's part of that therapy too it's like there was yeah. the the creators that i want to think i'm funny so much more than the thousands of people that are following me you know yeah, like yeah. i would not post stuff because i was like it's not up to the standard because i want these people to respect me there's like five yeah. people that probably if i listen them out were in my head and it just <laughs> does not matter but it's it so hard to shake that off it doesn't matter and it can also really screw your entire career if you post something that uh is not received how you intended absolutely uh and so there's like a ton of risk and like very minimal reward unless you get some type of like actual entertainment contract like i was blessed enough to get a book deal so that's there's some security in that Mm -hmm. but like if i uh or any of us like if you if you are in the public sphere and you post something that is not deemed 
acceptable by the proverbial mob. As we both know that you can get destroyed or risk risk being on the edge of being destroyed. Absolutely. Pretty terrifying. Uh, yeah. You could have, you know, a Netflix special a one week away from coming out and then it just gets shelved. Yes. <laughs> that happens. Yeah. With no timeline. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, these times are crazy. But also it's like uh, for people that like to make people laugh, it is amazing to have a platform. Like it's not lost on me that there are a ton of funny people out there that have 400 followers and have no reach. And for whatever reason, I've been able to be blessed with a pretty large platform, all things considered. So it's not, it's not well, like I, I feel very grateful and have enjoyed the whole thing. Um, but a lot like you, it, I, I have no strategy in figuring it out day by day. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the best kind is you kind of stumble into it and you obviously hit a nerve that like everyone has thought the things that you post just haven't made it a big deal. And just like a sarcastic, brutal voice to it. It, it, I mean, it was a bomb to people's soul, you know, there's like, yeah, yes, thank you for saying (laughs) that. And there's just not many, many of those angles out there. So like to find that and then just to have all those people like, depending on who you ask, depending on who you ask, I like from my perspective, it had to be a divine thing because I never, I never watch YouTube. Like I'm always at like on, this was on a Sunday morning when I started posting about this stuff. My wife was out of town and I never like sit at home watching YouTube worship videos. But for whatever reason that day I was sitting there watching this one video and I happened to notice the dude sneaks and happened to think like, Oh, I can just, I should just screenshot what these are worth and put it next to this picture and just show my personal Instagram. And I mean, like you said, for whatever reason that just that contrast hit a nerve for so many people across all perspectives of the whole thing Mm -hmm. and people lost their, I mean, people are still losing their minds. Like I, I post maybe like once every other week now because nobody goes to church anymore. But when I do people still like lose their mind about like, like having to grapple with whether or not it's okay to have a $700 belt while you're preaching. For sure. Uh, So yeah, it's, it's interesting. What do you like? I mean, we might as well get into it. What do you think about the whole concept? Like, I mean, you barely know who I am, but like from your perspective, maybe when you saw the account at first, like, I mean, you're friends with the Stanley family who is, I mean, Andy Stanley is a mega church pastor and I'm sure has either weighed in on some of these things within his, I don't know if he's talked to you about it or you've no, I've made jokes about it. Yeah, mainly just Andrew is comedian son is one of my best friends. But yeah, as far as the... Big Andy. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't talked to him much. Yeah, I mean, what do you think about the whole thing? Like, do you think it's, and I, I really want to avoid having any leading questions, but like, do you think it's just funny or do you think there's anything there? Or like, have you had any experience with having these questions in your head? Like, dude, this guy seems to be getting rich off of preaching. I have thought, well, are you talking about how do I feel about pastors, how I feel about your account and how you handle it? about pastors first yeah. and then we can talk about that. Um, it has always creeped me out to be honest. Um, and I've had a, I mean, I have a, do you have a faith background? Like I don't, I do have a faith here. background. That's what I was going to say is that like, I'm, I'm not, things have changed a lot over the last like four or five years, you know, yeah. went to a pretty much white Christian school in Atlanta and then went to like liberal arts school in Florida and got my world blown up as it, you know, it happens. Yes. Um, 
and yeah, political landscape. I've, I've had mm-hmm. four gay men as roommates throughout the years. Like it's just perspective completely blown up. Um, yeah. And a lot of that came with unpackaging everything. It's, yep. it's not a new story. I mean, it's so many people, sure. but it's uh, a fair story. I think, I mean, I'm going through the same thing. Right. And there's, um, not, I mean, not anger, but also working in the church so much and doing videos. I was like, uh, doing Southern Baptist convention camps and yeah, just putting on all kinds of these shows. And that's what it felt like after a while. I was just putting on shows and not really trusting a lot of the leadership, you know, yeah. or just kind of seeing firsthand how they treat people. And obviously that's not uniform and they're sure people doing it well and people not doing it well. Um, but also outside the church, people that wear $800 sneakers and things, they're just usually not my kind of people. Right. 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 Which like, yeah. that's fine if you do. And if that's what you want to spend money on, but that's just, I don't really know anyone like that. So then put them in that position where, you know, humility and being a good steward should be like huge. I, I love it. It, it I, I love seeing the account. Um, it, yeah, it's always kind of weirded me out and grossed me out a little bit to a degree. Obviously, like the Kenneth yeah. Copeland plane stuff. Right. Like everyone's on board with that. And it you kind of have to figure out where your line is and what you're comfortable with. Yeah. That, that's what it, that's always kind of made it intriguing for me is is most rational people see the Kenneth Copeland three jet thing as ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But then people start to get real pissed when you start talking about the, the sneakers. Like who says pastors can't have nice things? I'm like, all right, well, it at a is it much different from him getting a jet off of tithes, tithes and offerings? Like, like you said, there, there is a line, there's no line really, but it's interesting. I imagine we have a similar upbringing. You grew up in Atlanta mm-hmm. in the nineties and early two thousands church culture. That kind of thing struck me as counter to what a pastor or preacher should do. Like in my mind, for some reason, I assumed that if you were living off of donations from other people, you owed it to those people to like emulate conservatism to like not be flashy or to not. But I don't know for I I have struggled with that because it's not really based on anything. Mm -hmm. Like there's the whole like verses in the Bible about, you know, not everyone should be a leader because they're held to a higher standard, that kind of thing. But there's, you know, there's no definitions about like a pastor should never be making more than a hundred thousand dollars for preaching. Like there come, there's all this philosophical discussion right. about it that has no real good answers. But, um, yeah, like you, like a lot of it feels gross, but then also let's, let's relax a bit. Like some people <laughs> coming in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of been a, it's, it's been a mirror into maybe the consumeristic culture of Western Christianity but also the comment section is a mirror into how judgy people can be and how like zero empathy for any reason why somebody could have a nice thing. Yeah. Uh, when in fact they're not willing to look at themselves in the mirror. Oh, pot calling kettle black. Like people will say that about me all the time. For like, sure. No, I'm absolutely struggling about whether or not, you know, us having two cars is, is what a professing Christian should have while they're starving people in the world. Like this is all the sneakers are just such the tip of the iceberg about the whole like money discussion. People are weird about money. Yeah, they absolutely are. And I, 
from what I've seen, correct me if I'm wrong, but you pretty much just say it's all sarcastic being like, Oh, look at, look at these dope shoes. And then like people (laughs) can, if they want to say they're a false prophet and idols and like, they can say that, but that's not what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've never, I've never said that. I, uh, very early on committed to doing that to like, yeah, being a smart ass about it just because it's, the whole thing is ridiculous. Like the, the idea of owning an $800 belt to me seems ridiculous, Right. but that's it. Like me saying it's bad for a pastor to have a thousand dollar shoes. I'm, I've never said that. Um, but I, all in the same end, I do think the pastor should be aware that you're sending that message that you were able to afford a thousand dollar shoes. And, uh, people think that I'm being like a coward or being hypocritical. And, but the, the thing is, it's like, the commenters are what make the account what it is. And so to, to different people, it means different things. So like if somebody that loves Chad Veach hears about my account shows up automatically thinks that I'm saying Chad Veach is a jackass for having some nice shoes when I don't know Chad Veach and I don't, I don't know anything about his, his situation, but all I know is what I can see. It's yeah. Like, hey, these shoes are worth $800. Um, and so it's been interesting to see how like the commenters and like the media outlets made it so it's so calling out pastors for wearing <laughs> Supreme. Um, so I've just tried, you know, as you know, like you can't, you can't like convince everyone of what your message is. Like people are going to interpret your content in a certain way and you have no control of, over how they interpret it. So it's been an interesting practice to deal with that because part of it has to just be like, all right, I'm letting go of this. Like I know my intent for posting this. Um, and if you think that I'm trying to hold these guys accountable, then so be it. Like, of course, you're going to think I'm a hypocrite, but I'm not. Like, I'm just driving a discussion like, hey, this is a cultural thing that's happening right now. Like, there are pastors that are super fresh celebrities in their own right and are hanging out with other super fresh celebrities and are seemingly profiting off of being a super fresh celebrity. What do y'all think about that? Yeah. But then the stuff comes to like the Kenneth Copeland level of stuff. I got no patience for that. Like if, if, if I ever have a piece of content with him in it, I will unabashedly post that all over the internet because those dudes and girls are literally fleecing people. Like Absolutely. God's, God's going to heal you. God's going to give you a hundredfold of what you sow. Like the fact that those guys have platforms still and people showing up is makes me lose so much faith in humanity mm-hmm. because it's so like, shameless in, in they're just, just like showing up in a jet and saying, donate your money. God was going to heal you. And then flying away in your jet. For sure. It's just like, it's, it's disgusting to me. Yeah. And so, so I hope those guys are held accountable because that the using Jesus as a ATM or a bargaining chip, that's not a game I'm trying to play. If you're like me at all, this quarantine has been kind of a bummer. And I've really been looking for ways to improve my thought life, improve my time meditating and reading. And I found that the Upper Room Daily Devotional Guide has been a huge help. So if you check out the Upper Room, you can count on them for daily inspiration, daily community, and daily prayer. It's really the only daily devotional magazine that's written by readers, ordinary people like me, people who have encountered God in daily situations. The Upper Room is here for you every day through your email, a custom app, or printed magazine. And you, too, can enjoy a free 30-day trial of the email or app service by visiting upperroom.org welcome. 
That's upperroom.org slash welcome to get your first 30 days free. Check it out. Absolutely. And you're, you're not TMZ. You're not digging. You know, there's not dirt yeah. you're trying to pull up and like ruin people's lives. These are things that people choose to like present. Like yeah. on stage, on camera, this represents me. And then, I mean, yeah. you know that as a pastor. You know that as anyone who does media, like what I wear, what I say, like it's going to be recorded and I want it to represent me. And you're, I mean, they're already putting that in front of a camera. You're just like shining an even brighter light on it. Yeah. And that was the surprising thing was that people were shocked that I would do such a thing or like that people weren't giving them the benefit of the doubt. It's like every understanding I have of pastors is that they're worried about the type of car that they show up, or at least being in the South. Like I would never, ever see any of these pastors roll up in anything more than maybe a suburban, even though suburban could be cost, could cost 60,000 bucks. Like the idea that you could be a pastor and roll up in a Beamer just tells a different story. Even if it's not fair, it tells a different story than, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, a, a song comes out, it's someone's single. They're like, I want the world to see and hear this. And then there's like a lyric that's, you know, there's been like a couple of like Migo songs where it's like, oh, that's, you probably shouldn't say that, you know? And like people point that out and it's, if they want to put it out and you're just like, hey, that's weird. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, about it. I'll, I'll be interested to see like, maybe if I just, maybe when I get to heaven about if this was ultimately good or ultimately bad. I, I mean, I definitely don't want to like harass anybody or have like cause anybody to get insulted or anything. That's definitely not my intent. That's happened some, but I think the, as a, from my perspective, I think the greater discussion is worth having, even if people can show up. I mean, people are going to be mean. If you're a public figure, you shouldn't be surprised that people are going to show up and be mean. And if it's the sneakers, if it's only the sneakers that they're hating on you about, then you're probably doing okay. Or you're, maybe you're not saying controversial stuff enough. Yeah. Uh, like, you sign up to be a public figure, and I'm going to have to deal with this too. Like, whenever I come out in public, people are going to be crappy people. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's, it's okay, you know, like if people want to spend money on shoes. Yeah. You're, you're just saying – this is, this is what they're this, worth. This is what they're worth. Exactly. People can <laughs> do what I want. I, uh, in the middle of the night, I'm not kidding. I just posted on Instagram. I don't know. If I you saw it. That was <laughs> real. Did. In my sleep, I knew I thought about getting a little karaoke mic. I do not remember ordering it. And I got a knock on my door and it was like a $130 uh, gold karaoke microphone from South Korea. And you Korea. opened it. <laughs> yeah, I opened it. I mean, the shape of the box, I wondered. I was like, I bet I got it. Uh... Yeah. And I hope I wasn't, I wasn't even, I wasn't drinking or anything. It was just like in my sleep. I've done stuff like that before. It's not the first time. Uh, wow. <laughs> I got, can you see this ladder behind me? Uh-huh. That was yeah. a surprise ladder I got in the mail. I do not from remember ordering self. that from Wayfair. And it showed up and I was like, someone sent me a ladder. And then I looked at my emails and was like, I got myself a ladder. So yeah, like so we all, we all have our things, you know, we all spend dumb money sometimes. You, you have sleep materialism. I do. I guess. Just waking up having to have it. Yeah. And they're, they're never out of nowhere. Like I remember being like, a ladder could work there, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I just like, in a dreary state, I pull a trigger. Maybe that's God just saying, God, just stop talking about it or stop thinking about it. Just have the ladder. Yeah. Or <laughs> Satan. Either one. Or Satan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you're my yeah. neighbors and I got this karaoke machine, they're probably going to think it's Satan. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> so are you going to keep it, the karaoke? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a content factory already. I mean, because you had a uh, somewhat of a karaoke career. Like, there's some bar in Atlanta where it's like a live band karaoke that you... Let me tell you about Dark Horse Tavern. Yes. Dark Horse Dark Tavern. Dark Horse Tavern in Virginia Highland. It's special. It is... Well, Dark Horse is the upstairs. Tin High is the, the like, basement bar downstairs. Live band karaoke, six nights a week. I'm talking like I have a steak in this restaurant. I don't. <laughs> I just... Except just a fun steak. It's my favorite place in the world. Um, yeah, six It must be a, a talented week. band. They're just so have a- good. They're, they're, like, older dudes that you can tell have been in bands their whole lives. And now, you know, they have a day job. They're like, I just want to rock. Yeah. Uh, the guy who runs it, English Nick is his name. He's because he's a radio DJ in Atlanta. on like the oldie okay. station. Like 50 year old dude, dude, British, amazing rock voice. He's there every night just crushing it. And That's it's so awesome. fun. So do they, have a, do they have a catalog or do you just say, hey, do you know this song? They have TVs of about 100 songs. Uh-huh. Maybe a little more. Um, and when someone picks it, they go like gray. So you can see what's still available. Um, each night's a different theme. Like, That's like awesome. Tuesdays, Tuesday's Tuesday, nineties. No, it's free. It's always free to sing one song. If you sing a second song, it's 20 bucks. If you sing a duet, it's 20 bucks. But That's I awesome. know everyone there. So I got to sing two times for free usually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I give them so much money. Three times on your birthday. Yeah, my tab's always like $130. Yeah. If there is, if there is a uh, bar tabs and bros Instagram account, Heck yeah. I would. You'd be headlining. Oh, I would be burned to the ground. Absolutely, bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's your, I mean, other than the the midnight karaoke machines, going to the karaoke bar and running up a tab is your guilty pleasure? I mean, pretty much. I golf a lot, which is kind of dumb financially. Do you really? I do. I mean, you know how I moved, moved this podcast up an hour and a half? Uh-huh. You're playing golf. I'm, this playing golf. I'm sorry. Dick. It was, it was, got an invite to like a nice course. And I was like, shoot, <laughs> normally I'd be like, I can't today, but it was like private course. I was like, you can play. Yeah, no, but I, I, I would do notice how I, I said, if you need to keep it the same time down. Right. Like, no, you totally like, meant I, that. I, I did. I would not have, I would not have canceled. <laughs> Dude. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't, I would have felt really bad because this podcast is not worth missing up on. Yes, it is. I wanted time. to see your face. It's so stupid, but I did. <laughs> yeah. Very disappointed. I know you're <laughs> incredibly <laughs> underwhelmed as, as usual. Uh, well, I don't want to take much more of your time. Are, are you any good at golf? What's your handicap? Um, I used to be good like in high school. Uh, oh, did you play for the team? I did. I'm getting, getting back to there. I'm a shoot Heck yeah. high seventies around 80. That's dope. Yeah. From like the regular tees, back tees, whatever those are called back tees. Yeah. Dang, that's cool. Also, I, I, I didn't ask it. this, but I want to know, what is your dumb money thing? Oh, good question. Um, it, it was sneakers for a while. Okay. Like I, when I, whenever I got out of the, whenever I got out of the Marines, uh, I was working a job I hated and on my off time, I was like flipping sneakers. And so I, gotcha. that makes so much I sense. made, yeah, no, I made money off sneakers. Um, but Let's see. Right now, it's like fly fishing. My wife and I are super into fly fishing oh, right cool. now. Yeah. And so we've uh, we went a few weeks ago to Wyoming and fished, and so now that's we're kind of into that. Um, what else? It's I'm definitely the spender of the family. I mean, we've been eating out a ton or like DoorDash right. delivery uh-huh. a ton. So we've blown through our budget doing that. But you um, gotta. It keeps you sane. Like if you're gonna be home. You can't just be eating the same meals you cook. Chicken and vegetables. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I mean, and it, it gives me such 
like every time we order from DoorDash, I've like audibly say technology is amazing. Like I can have sushi or filet or freaking fried shrimp po'boys delivered in 20 minutes from any restaurant without even burning a calorie, like from my thumb. Yeah. That just, it blows my mind. And I'm like so grateful for that because like you said, if we had to just be cooking this whole time, I would, I would lose my mind. Yeah. It's amazing and terrible, you know, that you can do yeah. that. Brent, yeah. Brent Morin has a bit about that. Just talking about how terrifying it is that you can just be home locked in your room and ruin your entire life <laughs> with like a tweet with a bank account. Like it's over and you're just sitting there, you know? It is so true. Terrifying. Uh, yeah. So like, I guess, yeah. Eating out in fly fishing stuff. And then like, I'm always trying to like uh, build up this office that I'm in because I spend so much time here, like writing the book and like right. doing content. So like I have these two monitors and I built a computer for like doing video editing and like uh, audition stuff. So that's that's where like most of our Amazon charges go. It's like, oh, I could probably use these shelves or oh, it'd be nice. Like I've got a ton of books now too because I'm writing this book. And so I'm just buying, I've got <laughs> probably 60 books that I'm reading. There's so currently. much to say to that. There's so many books now. <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm everything my, my 19 year old self hated. Yeah. Um, so I want to go, go back to stand up. What, what, what you were, I'm just so curious about this because I've, that's like a, uh, back of my mind dream that I'm not committed to achieving yet yeah. because it's terrifying to me. So tell me about your experience doing stand up and what, like you like doing it and your like, experience writing it. Cause that's what I'm most curious about. It's like, how do you even write such a thing? For sure. Uh, well, I, I fully recommend it if you have that thought at all, um, you know, to get, to get really good at it, you have to be in like a smoky bar six nights a week, like waiting for two hours for like five minutes of stage time, which I will never, I will never like that. Just, I don't want that to be my life. That's the grind. That's the grind. Uh, like that's what they actually do is you have to show up and like anytime there's five minutes free. Or like you sign up or something, right? Yeah, I mean, all the shows are different. But like Laughing School Lounge, which is the club in Atlanta, open mics Monday through Wednesday. You sign up a month before via email. Summer show up, go up, where you like get on the list an hour before the show or something. This you have to sign up. The show starts at, or the doors are at 7, show's at 7.30. You have to be there at 7, and there's a lot of comics. So sometimes you get there at 7, you go on at 9.30, and it's five minutes. And you're just (laughs) sitting in the back like, it's brutal and even and you can't get and you can't drink a ton because you're going to show up and be an a-hole yep. i have, I have a two drink well the the bar is a two drink minimum i have a two drink maximum like before maximum. i go up like i cannot uh, i did it one time one time i got broken up with had a show like same night i was crying on the way there yeah i had a bunch of drink you were over it i've never crushed that hard oh really you just I, nailed it was the first time i did no inhibitions. I, didn't, I didn't care at all f life f this girl I'm about to crush this. Yeah. Screw you guys. Y'all are here for me. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you know, most successful comedians are, have a terrible life. And I feel like, <laughs> yeah, like now I'm like, just oh, grieved with anguish. Yeah. You got to not care at all. Your life has to be just garbage. Um, and like, <laughs> until, until you're like the 0.1% top of comics where you're doing like arenas and theaters, yeah. even like a Nate Bargatze or someone who I mm-hmm. adore he, he's, so he's my number one. He's my favorite. Um, like the normal thing is I'm going to do a weekend of the improv, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. And so you're still traveling alone. Uh, you work for one hour a night. 
So like people start drinking a lot, so like sex addicts. Trying to like, kill the time. Yeah. Nate is neither of those things. <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> use him as an example. Do you know him? Have you, or have you met him? I do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, he's so good. I mean, I've, I've met him in person once, but okay. I, I try to play golf with him when I'm in Nashville. It hasn't worked out yet, yeah. but one of these days. Um, yeah, so it's it's a hard life. That's that's a reason why I just haven't. I do I do love it, but I'll I'll never commit to the the whole lifestyle. And that's how you get good, which is that's what Nate says. So everybody says like you have to be on stage every night, every night. That with new material or like you have a no. a set that you're working out. I mean, it depends because like and five minutes is so short. It is short, uh, but it it depends. It can feel very long. <laughs> <That's how> <laughs> But yeah, I, Five minutes of crickets is, is I'm sure, super oh yeah. painful. I needed – I'm not the kind of guy that was just going to go to an open mic and do it. Like I, I signed up for a class because um, okay. I needed to like go to – There's some structure to it. Go to it. a class and say, hey, in six weeks, we're performing this date. Invite your friends to hold yourself accountable. So I did that. Every week we showed up and would workshop stuff, which is super embarrassing – because like they're not going to laugh. like bad ideas. Yeah, yeah. And you're like in front of five people. Like people are like, oh, that's funny. And that's like the best reaction you could get. Uh, <laughs> like I didn't learn anything in the class. It was mainly just to make sure I did it. Um, yeah. But yeah. Personal. I, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's so cool when it goes well. <laughs> I mean, how good did that feel though when you crushed, if you remember the night? When that you first night? Super drunk. Yeah. Oh, when or I whatever, crushed. whenever you got broken up with. I mean, it felt amazing. It, yeah. I, I don't know. I, that was really... Cause yeah, I'm a behind the camera guy mainly, and like video yeah. in front of the camera, I feel comfortable now. But live stuff, I still don't love being on a stage. Uh, so that was really the first time I didn't really care. Yeah. You know? What about the first night? I mean, like what? You know, I'm sure there was some mega jitters, even if it's a small crowd or whatever. Maybe even more so because it's a small crowd. Yeah. You know, what did that feel like? Uh, so I have a video of it. I tried to watch it last year. Mm-mm. I couldn't get through. I couldn't get through five <laughs> seconds because this was, I mean, this was probably eight years ago. Um, uh, it's a long time. Okay. Ago. Completely different person. I mean, completely that's different and trying so different hard. world. Um, I think I might've like stolen a couple jokes from Twitter or like concepts, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, cause so, but can you blame you? Can you blame 2012? You not really? That? No. And some jokes that I like knew were going to crush didn't, you know, uh, and I could see it my brain like freaking out. <laughs> You're like, oh no, that was like, one of the like, no, 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 no. lines. Um, so yeah, it, it wasn't great, but it, it's yeah. gotten better over the years. So now like I'll get a couple times a year, I'll get in like a good streak of like doing a couple shows a week around town. I live in a good yeah. part of town for it. I can walk to a couple clubs. That's um, awesome. I mean, I would encourage you to keep doing it. I mean, I think you're hilarious. I think if you can keep it up, I mean, surely it's hard to be funny. It's hard to be like genuinely funny, but it does such a service for people that live freaking hard lives. Yeah. Like I, I find no better fulfillment than being able to make somebody laugh when they're like, I don't, I'm not a comedian, but I like to make people laugh. Yeah. And if you can do it effectively, I mean, you should freaking try to do that as much as possible. That's true. I think. I mean, I remember uh, it sounds dumb, but like elementary school, like I remember yeah. making people laugh was that was my favorite thing. And I remember like saying a dumb joke in class in high school and like everyone laughing. And I'm like, why would I want to do anything else? Right. I got to figure yeah. out how to do that. And then, yeah, the lonely Island thing, I was like, they're using video. I'll try that. <laughs> and that's no, I've, I don't think I'm, hopefully I'm not obnoxious with it. Like you can go to those open mics and sit in the back and people are like, 
forcing Terrible. themselves to be funny. Like even when you're around comedians, uh, you're like, just stop trying too hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I want to be kind and funny. And that's what I yeah. want people to say about me. And like, yeah, making people laugh. Yeah. There's no better feeling I've found. Kind and funny. I think that's a, a, a pretty reasonable legacy to want to live. Yeah. Leave. Uh, that's awesome. And I, I, uh, I guess I would just encourage you again. Like, I think you're incredibly funny and I think probably underrated given the, all the platforms. Like there's a lot of people that have platforms that are not funny. You have a semi platform, but are way funnier than a lot of people. So whatever, take that for what I appreciate it. Yeah. I I mean, I'm an authority on comedy, so, (laughs) um, but all right. So what do you have? working now. So like you're the creative dude at, at, or creative director at oust, like anything that you're fired up about that you're working on. Tell me about that. Yeah. Uh, one of our big clients is Lecrae and reach records. So I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's a rapper. He does music. He's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. He, I've been doing a couple of music videos, directing those for him. We did deep end, which came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that was in response to, you know, black lives matter protests and killing a George Mm -hmm. Floyd, things like that. Um, yeah, we shot one yesterday that'll be coming out later this week. We keep doing these quick turn ones and that's just, a very quick turn. Prayers up for Ian Maney, my editor. Wow. He's crushing it. There's it's all nights. on him. Yeah. We, they, we find like, we found out about this video Thursday when we shot Monday and it was like pretty big concept. Um, Jeez. Is, is he pitching that to y'all or y'all brainstorming and pitching that to him? It depends. Uh, we're starting to work with a couple other reach artists that are a little more hands-on when it comes to creative. Um, I got you. Cray has done like 50 or 60 music videos now. So, wow. He, he's just, you know, been around for a long time. He's a total pro. So like now I think he's, he's found us. We've been doing uh, YouTube videos for him every Monday, which has been great, but he trusts us now, which is cool. So that's dope. Now when we're like, Hey, we got this idea. We're stoked about it. We know we can pull it off. He's like, let's do it. So Heck that's yeah. a very good relationship. Yeah. The Kanye animated deal was so perfect. I loved that so much where he's, he's telling for people that haven't seen it, it's basically Cray telling a story about when he met Kanye and like, that was the perfect type of content for him. I think yeah. it's because it like brings in the mainstream, but also like makes him a real person. Uh, yeah. I just thought that was really well. He's, done. he's such a funny dude. Um, and that's, that's part of what we're trying to do with the YouTube stuff is everyone knows him as a rapper. Everyone knows him, knows him as a, speaker like he's done videos with john piper and they're like yeah like super deep and he's brilliant uh but he's just so funny and such a good entertainer so a lot of the stuff we want to show that off like some of the we just did a video called the yelling bee i don't know if you saw that yeah with the shock yeah but it's so funny we got one with andy minio coming out in a couple weeks that i mean there and watching it back has made me cry laugh so like we just want to show that side of him more um and now him and the whole reach team like they're the real deal i if there's any, if something happens, there's bad PR. Like I, I'm ready to fight people in the comments, you know, <laughs> I'm like, don't say that they're, they're so great. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, I, I, I'm surprised that music videos are still a thing. Like s- music videos have basically been the same thing since yeah. the eighties, give or take. Yeah, it's true. It obviously looks different. Like it's not, you know, MTV and VH1 or like, I remember sitting down to watch making a video and TRL. Like those are uh-huh. my favorite things in the world. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't allowed, but yeah, I dreamed of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And especially now the last few months, I mean, you know, Lecrae's album was supposed to drop a month ago or something. And 
it's been pushed back because he can't tour. He don't want to come out with a album and then a Not year tour. later tour and people have forgotten about it. Um, so now people that are really sucks. leaning into content and yeah, that's great for y'all. I mean, y'all must be more busy than you've ever been. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, kind of like the vine thing I was talking about COVID started and you're like, Oh, this is bad. And they're like, Oh, this is actually working out very well. I'm actually I actually can so afford new karaoke lucky. mics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's tight. What about, what about on the social end? Like, are you making any personal videos or like trying to do any content from that? I mean, cause like you can, you can look him up on YouTube, Aaron tuning, like his stuff ranging from like parody Christian music executive stuff to like trip and Tyler videos. Didn't you do some stuff with trip and mm-hmm. Tyler? Yeah. They're, yeah. They're Those awesome. guys are funny. They are like, uh, yeah. Yeah. There'll be, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think I'm thinking bigger now, especially cause kind of lost that passion for vine and the short stuff. Uh, beginning of yeah. quarantine, I made a few sketches and it just took me a while and I kind of wanted to put my time and effort into some other bigger ideas. Uh, so like any Hollywood stuff, like, are you, that's the thing. Got a, we got a, me and my friend, Nathan Owen, who's Nathan Owens, who's a great comic in Atlanta. We just finished a pilot script for a sitcom. Um, oh, heck yeah. It is called the minors and it centers on a minor league baseball front office, uh, which is nice. right for stuff like promotions and small town. Yeah. The, the pilot, it, it's kind of on the nose, but it, especially now we, you know, we were writing this last like six months, but it centers around a team rebranding from a native American team name, <laughs> but they're in small towns. So people like don't want it. Some people don't want it to change, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm so a Braves good. fan, you know, and mm-hmm. there's things that come with that. Obviously you got the Redskins are changing and then the Indians and then probably the Braves. Braves um, yeah. So yeah. Did you see that? Did you see that article about the guy trademarking all those potential names? No. So with the, there was a guy in it, it might've been Georgia. I read it yesterday. A guy registered trademarks for a ton of different possible Redskin variation names. Brilliant. <laughs> so like, like the Red Tails and like the Warriors, different things like that. He owns the trademarks to all those. So they're either going to have to like pay him out or come up with a completely off. That is so name. good. Oh, that is <laughs> brilliant. I'll send you the article. Yeah, please um, do. It's killer. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be interested in. I don't know if you're willing to share it, but I would love to read the screenplay. Please. I don't have to put this in the yeah. podcast. I would love, I would love to read it. it. Yeah. It's at that yeah. spot now where we're sitting around a couple of people. So would be happy to send it to you. Yeah. Cause I'm just so interested in that whole world. Yeah. And especially like the writing, like writing comedy sounds super interesting. For sure. Um, all right. Well, we're at about an hour. I, uh, I appreciate you not canceling and <laughs> yeah, thanks rescheduling for, uh, at least. Thanks for being flexible. You know, so I can get a, Absolutely. Get a quick 18 in, you know? <laughs> well, you know, I've got a lot going on right now. Um, how can people find you on the interwebs? It is at Aaron Tuning, um, you know, the man way, A-A-R-O-N, the biblical way. Thank you very much. That's right. And then Tuning, C-H-E-W-N-I-N-G. Uh, it has, I haven't been very fun the last couple of months. Uh, you know, I just wanted to take a back seat with things going on in the world. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the same. But yeah, gonna going to be posting some more fun stuff. Uh, and check out this Lecrae video called... I don't know if I can drown is the name of the song. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert. There's water in the video. Uh, but that's going to come <laughs> out later it, this ruined. week. Check it out. Cause it, on his page or it'll be yeah, all, over, page? all over his stuff. Yeah. Check out. We are oust. That's uh that's the Instagram handle. Uh, yeah. Check out our stuff and let's be friends online. 
Absolutely. Heck yeah. Aaron Tuning, thanks for taking the time. I think you're incredibly funny and wish you continued COVID success. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me and I wish you didn't see you. Me too. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Preachers and Seekers podcast. If you didn't do what I told you to do at the beginning, please make sure you head on over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, leave a rating, and a review. I would really appreciate it if you did that. If you want more content, head on over to Instagram, Twitter, online, YouTube, all that stuff, at Preachers and Sneakers, PreachersAndSneakers.com, YouTube.com slash Preachers and Sneakers, all that. I'm not sure if anyone cares anymore, but that's where you can find more content if you want it. Um... So I appreciate you spending the time today and be sure to come back through for the next episode of the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.